Hello and welcome to the F1 Rearview podcast. Uh, before we get into the episode today, uh, I just want to put a quick disclaimer at the start that uh, I and everyone else here at the F1 Rearview podcast, Ruth and Reese, um, support BLM and everything that it stands for and everyone that stands with it. Hello and welcome to the F1 Rearview podcast and it has been a while since I've said that. 217 days we have waited and what a way it was to come back and what a race we came back to. I'm joined today as always by the wonderful Reese Keeble. Hello Reese. Hello Tom. And it's been a long got, time no see. Yeah and of course we've got producer <laughs> Ruth on here as well. Hello. Uh, and as I'm sure you've probably noticed by now, we've also got video uh, for today for the first time ever on the F1 Review podcast. We are doing this on Microsoft Teams. Shout out to Teams for hosting us today. We're not sponsored. Um, they don't really deserve a shout out at all. So please excuse any <laughs> bad connections, anyone talking over anyone else, because we're not in the right, same room. We can't tell like we normally would be able to. So uh, it will be a bit messy, but, you know, we're, we're confident to get it going. Normally in the same um, room, I'm sat there like a fish, like so Tom knows I need to talk. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it normally happens. We should yeah. get cameras in the actual studio when we're back in the actual studio, so they can see what's happening. Yeah. Well, it's going to be the studio apartment, isn't it? It will be. Yeah. The studio flat. Um, I'd also like to reference if I keep looking over here and not at the cameras, because that's where their faces are for me. They're they're off to the right. So they, if I keep looking over that, I'm looking at Reese and Ruth. That's what's happening there. Just in case you were you were wondering why why I kept doing that. Um, anyway, we've had a race, guys. It's been, as I said before, 217 days, and what a race to come back to. Yes. It's, it was, it was, we had what, <laughs> 11 finishes, nine DNFs, and only one person finished outside the points. Yeah. Williams almost got a point. Williams almost got a Williams point. Williams almost got a point. On his debut, almost got a point. And Three how safety harsh cars. Would that on it was, it was insane. If so Latifi reckon... would have got that point, not Russell, how harsh would have that been on Russell? Oh, it would have been horrible. Yeah. It would have been crazy. Uh, so I reckon we start off today's podcast with a little um, bit of a review of the race. Uh, let's just kind of each give it a, a score out of 10 and give like a sentence of, of why why you think it deserves that score. Uh, Reese, you want to go first? Uh, yes, I would like to give it a steady 11. 11? Um, You're going definitely... over the out of 10 mark. Just because, yeah, because I don't play by the rules, obviously. Um, just because it was the first race back, and I missed F1. And to be fair, if I was judging it like it was in mid-season, I'd probably go nine. However, it was the first race back. We had nine DNFs. There was tyres, you know, just doing one and just get off the car. There was um, engine failures. There was Max Verstappen trying to bump start his car halfway around. There was... <laughs> There was Lando Norris on the podium. Um, I mean, that deserves a, a 15. So <laughs> it, was, it was a very good race for me. I was shouting, celebrating, drinking quite a lot of alcohol to celebrate the uh, first podium for Lando Norris. It definitely was very exciting and a very exciting way to start the season. That's for sure. Ruth, what, what would you give out of 10? I'd give it a 9 out of 10. Oh, solid. Okay. Yep. Pretty solid one. I enjoyed the race. There was a lot happening, stuff going on every every single lap. Very interesting. I think I'd give it probably. I think I think I'd give it a nine as well. I mean, there was potential for more. I think it was disappointing to see 
that Mercedes are as far ahead as we thought they were. They are going to absolutely dominate this season, I think. And, uh, you know, we didn't really get to see Red Bull going full at it like I think we could have done. That's old strategy for Max. If he could have finished that race, we'd definitely have been very interesting to see. But either way, it was a cracker of a race. Three safety cars, 11 DNFs, uh, 11 finishes, nine DNFs even, I should say. Yeah, great race. I think what made the race so interesting was the fact that Mercedes had a fault and they were having to look after the gearboxes and not oh, ride the curve. Yeah. Which mm. was uh, which was obviously going to hinder the lap time quite a bit. And if uh, Lewis wasn't a sore loser, as Alex said over the team radio, <laughs> um, I reckon Alex would have took the uh, first position. Well, mm. let's... Okay, well, yeah, we'll get on he to definitely more about had Alex. Potential. And we'll, we'll definitely get... We'll talk a bit more about the Alex and, and Lewis kind of incident a bit later on in, in the podcast. We'll start off kind of going through the big things that happened, though, and we'll start off in, in qualifying. I think that's the best place to start it all off. Um, mm. And let's just talk about Bottas, I think, needs some credit for this weekend because he did actually have put in a definitely. very good weekend. He was yep. really good. Great qualifying lap. Uh, mowed the grass a bit as well, found time for some side jobs, um, you know, and went and won that race. He, he, I think he definitely, you know, that race wasn't an easy win for him, even though it looked like it should have been, and it was start to finish for him in first place. He had to work for that. Bottas has definitely shown all the haters that are like, oh, Sebastian should get the seat. He's like, why? You know, yeah, I, yeah. I've, just, I've just qualified first, finished the race first. What more do you want? Well, I mean, I, th- I think it's up to him now to realise that if there's any, t- if there's a season he's going to win, this is probably it. I mean, he's he's mm. got more that he's only eight races confirmed so far. If no more are added, that's you know, a very short amount of time he needs to maximise what he does. But um, yeah, qualifying Bottas did that phenomenal lap, put it on first. Um, but let's also talk about who put it on fourth place, Lando Norris, mm-hmm. uh, another person who's had an incredible weekend. He put it on fourth in that McLaren. You know, people were saying. That McLaren maybe not be the the, the fourth fastest car this year. It could be the racing point, but yeah, Lando has absolutely proved it there, hasn't he? Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. So I was I was sat here watching it, and I was watching the lap times because I, I have the uh, I have the one up as well. So I was sat there watching Lando fly around, and um, I was like, he's gonna do it. He's gonna put it in fourth. He's gonna put it in fourth. And I was like, no, he can't. He can't. The racing point looks faster. It looks faster. No, he's in fourth. <laughs> like it was just. It was a roller coaster of emotions this weekend. It really was. <laughs> it, yeah. It was really close as well on qualifying because Bartas's lap was uh, 1.2939, but Lando's was 1.3626. Yeah, and then obviously was... Albon and Perez had the same lap, but Albon did it first, so he got that place. But everyone was really close together in terms of performance, which was nice to see. Yeah, it was really close, especially in that Q1. I was looking at all the, the Q1, the top 12 cars were separated by like six tenths, which was so refreshing yeah. to be able to see that. I think the most controversial part of qualifying, though, was definitely right at the end when, we, when, like we mentioned, Bottas went off to mow the grass and the yellow flags came out. Hamilton didn't lift. And it was at, at the end of mm. Saturday, the FIA came out saying that's not a penalty. But as we all know, Sunday morning came around and some new footage came to light that proved Hamilton did go through a yellow flag and didn't lift. And he did get that three-place grid job. What do we think there? Do well, we think that was a fair penalty or, or what? It was It was really interesting how they found it to be a penalty and how Red Bull decided to pursue it. Because they waited for the 360 camera to come off the car to get uploaded to the social media so that they could go around it on the social media. And because of them uploading it to their own social media, 
they were able to see um, Hamilton fly past yeah. the yellow flag. Yes, yeah, so this is something Ted mentioned on his notebook yesterday that Red Bull actually took the F1's Instagram feed to the FIA and said, hang on, that literally proves he's guilty. But the FIA yeah. didn't have that footage when they made the original decision, which is why he was declared innocent because there were some yellow-green flags kind of mixed up. So do we all think that he deserved that five-second penalty then? Did he illegally go through that yellow flag or do you think it was a bit hit and miss? I think it's, if the yellow flag was clear, like it was on that video, then the penalty is deserved. You can't... You have to apply the rules fairly to everyone. You can't pick and choose when you apply it. So if there's a yellow flag and you can see that on the video, then it should be a penalty. I 100% agree as well, because I think that it's a case of maybe Lewis trying to push his name a little bit too much and get away with a little bit too more. Maybe mm. he's a bit threatened by Bottas. I don't know, but he's, he's, he's doing more riskier things than he would have done a couple of years ago, like not lifting for a yellow and hoping to get away from it, away with yeah. it. Mm. Definitely. But then again, you could also argue the point that you just didn't see it. But yeah. Well, yeah, it was literally in the corner of his vision and there was the dust on the track from Bottas going off. There's a lot of uh, kind of things, but like, like Ruth says, if there's a rule, you've got to stick to it. You can't penalise uh, Verstappen in Mexico last year for not lifting and not penalised Hamilton. You need to make it fair. Everyone needs to get yeah. penalised if they've done the same thing. At the end of the day, it's not about who the driver is either. It's about the safety of racing and and all being the same and making sure that nothing happens that's dangerous or could be dangerous. The reason the yellow flag was there was because there was a hazard on the track. So, yeah, I mean, you can look at it both ways, but if there's a hazard on track, everyone should lift off. That's just, I don't know, that's just my opinion on it. Well, either way, that penalty was applied. He did get a three-place drib, drib drop, grid drop, taking him from second down to fifth. Um, and that promoted Verstappen to second, Norris to third, uh, and Albon to fourth, I think it was, yeah. Um, yeah. Norris to third in the qualifying was the best qualifying McLaren have had since 2016. Was it, hold on, hold on. Was, it, was, it, was it Norris to third? I thought yeah, it was Albon to third. No, it was Norris. Uh, Norris qualified ahead of Norris qualified fourth, and that got promoted. Are you third. Sure? Yeah, oh, yeah, because it was Verstappen who was yeah. alongside Norris, and Norris caught up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. my bad. It's because Verstappen um, wasn't in the race that long. I just thought I didn't even. Yeah, yeah he, was, he went yeah. out quite quick. <laughs> well, yeah. Let's have a let's have a talk about that then. So that was the first big thing of the race. Really, it was quite early on, wasn't it? That Verstappen had this kind of technical fault. I think it was the electrics weren't working properly or something and the engine just kept going into anti-stall really disappointing for him he's obviously won in Austria the last two times I think he was definitely up there for winning it today I think if he'd have pulled off the right strategy he definitely could have done it um what do we think there I think what you mentioned about the strategy is correct but also would it have played a part because there was that many safety cars that obviously he was doing the harder tire which was the medium tire into mm. the soft tire, whereas everyone else was doing the soft into the hard. Yeah. Um, would that have played a factor because of all the safety cars? True, you could say the safety cars would have just kind of null and voided it. When I think, to be honest, you're probably right. But um, whether or not they, Verstappen would have maybe been in the same position Albon was going onto those softs, would he have made it work better than Albon did? It's you know, it's all questions, yeah. isn't it? You know. Um, I I think it was last year at the same race he did a really good um undertake i'm not sure who he did it on but that was after a safety car and i think and he would have had every opportunity to do the same it's just a shame that he didn't get to show that 
and that was obviously the one with Charles Leclerc, wasn't it? I think it was Leclerc, yeah. Yeah. And it I was a he... really, really good one, but yeah, it, Max... it's a shame he just didn't get to this time. Max drives this circuit so well; he does know it really well, and that's all. I'm almost glad that we're coming back again next week to do the same race again, because he'll want to, he'll be come back with a vengeance. He'll want to win that race next weekend, and and he'll make sure he does, because this is kind of his home GP now that Zandvoort has been delayed another year. Um, so let's talk a bit about um that. You about to say something? Oh, I was just going to say that um the car sounded like my car when I tried to put it in reverse. I've got a 2005 Fiesta, and it sounded absolutely awful. It was like, woo, woo. And I was like, he's not getting that back. And you could see him literally shuffling, pushing, trying to dump it, like trying to get it going. Yeah. He did, like, he did twice. Then he took it into the pits. He waited around for a little bit. Then he managed to get it out of the, well, not out of the pit lane, but out of his box. Yeah. And uh, stalled again. Yeah. Just sadly. It wasn't to be. It was it was very unfortunate for Max, and I think it was just a bit of a dire weekend for Rebel altogether. It's definitely mm. one to forget. Um, Albon obviously retiring later on in the race with another issue. I'm not. Do we know what that issue was? Was it a power unit issue or was it the same issue? I don't I'm think they've sure confirmed what the issue is. I think it, it's not related to what happened with Hamilton, but it's also not the same issue that Verstappen had. So I I haven't really seen anything about what the actual issue was. Just that yeah. it's a completely different issue i think with all these issues going on absolute credit to christian harner for still going on speaking to sky talking about the weekend every time they wanted a little update uh crofty would hand over to christian and christian would give the update even though the race wasn't going his way like massive like take my hat off for him yeah that's good a nice thing to do definitely yeah um I, i have to say one thing that i found really interesting was with the Haas, both of them had that braking issue. And at first, when I think it was Magnussen who went out first. Mm-hmm. And at first, you just see him go flying straight through the gravel. And everyone was wondering what had happened. But then the same thing happened later on. And everyone realized that it was a braking issue. But th- it's just crazy to think how fast they're going through all of those corners and how fast they're going to try and keep the pace. And their brakes weren't working at all. I think the issue with Magnuson was that it wasn't gravel. Like he was just going on a tarmac runoff. And obviously, when you it was his front right brake disc, I think it that was. Failed. I think he said yeah. both in the end, but just went. Right. But um, I was going to say, at the end of the day, when you're hurtling towards the corner at that speed, your brakes don't work. You've got no gravel to slow you down. It's just a runoff. Yeah. Track. Yeah. He did. I, I ended up looking away. Like, I thought this is going to be nasty. This is going to be really nasty. Well, luckily, he managed to kick his back end out, and that's what ultimately well, slowed him down. That's it. Yeah, to honest, hats off for that. That was some quick thinking. He knew he didn't have the brakes. He just flipped the steering and managed to put himself into a bit of a pirouette that honestly would have saved a massive accident. He uh, definitely yeah. saved himself quite a lot of, of harm there. Um, and I think we do need to say, Haas, let's have a look at them this season because they aren't looking good. I think they no. might have fallen below Williams for potentially yeah. the worst car of the season. Gene Haas uh-huh. is just committed to them and, and everything. Can, uh, Gunter, can, can you see Gunter in a job this time next year? I don't know if it's, it's Gunter to blame. I, it's, the, the blame can't... To be honest, I'm going to say, no, I can't see Gunter in a job next year and I can't see any of the Haas crew in a job next year. What have Haas got as incentives to stay? Yeah. I, if I was Gene Haas, I'd pull the plug. It's not worth it. He's losing money on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the thing to remember with the all of the F1 teams as well as that 
constantly it's all of the team working together it's not just on a driver or on a specific person it's the whole team and the whole team suffers when like stuff like this happens which is just a shame so yeah you, you say that though but when you've got two drivers like Magnussen and Grosjean like more aimed towards Grosjean this but when you've got the two drivers that are probably the most hated on the grid because they get given too many opportunities and get let off for too much you know you, you've got to say that there is quite a bit of driver fault on that like if you look mm. at was it Australia last year where or was it the year before where they were in they were very up there in the top 10 collided wheels and then yeah. that, that was their fault and took them both out the race Silverson and stopped past from getting the best finish that they would have got that they would have yeah. ever had now yeah well i don't know the same can be said for the red bulls when it was for Stefan and ricardo and they did the same thing they were fighting and you know they accidentally both collided yeah, well, when yeah, you know, and then Red Bull, Red Bull learned from that though, and they got well, they didn't get rid of, but they let um, Ricardo leave. They learned mm-hmm. from that. They learned that they were going to crash heads. Whereas Haas I, haven't. I think Haas are in a position though where it's gonna it's gonna cost them so much to change drivers. It's not really worth it. They know that Grosjean knows how to drive the car. They know he can do the job. He's reasonably cheap. If they brought in another driver like um, Hulkenberg, for example. That's going to cause more issues because he's already got an issue with Magnussen. He's already not good mm-hmm. friends with Magnussen. They're going to have to retrain him on their simulator. You know, it's a big process, and they can't really afford it in the first place. You know, and I think they're just it, holding out for the new regulations to come in, the cost cap to come in, and hoping that that is mm-hmm. going to bring them some good fortune in Formula One because this season they may as well just write it off. I think that cost gap will make such a big difference between between how the race works yeah. because it'll definitely make the races more interesting because everyone's more likely to have a good fight each race rather than it always be dominated by one person. Yeah. I was going to say, in my opinion, they should have probably acted on at least one of the drivers, if not both, by now. Mm. Just to, Because if I had an F1 team and my drivers weren't getting along, both the drivers would be gone. It doesn't matter. Like, say if I'm like Gene Haas and I've got hundreds of millions you know i want my f1 team to perform why aren't they performing it's the drivers get yeah. rid of them yeah gunter showed gunter showed that he's a good team principal gunter is a very good team principal but uh the drivers just aren't doing him justice yeah it, there is something there that needs to be looked at and something needs to come come to fruition about what they can do but um yeah if i was gene Haas, i wouldn't he's he's already said he's not confident about going forward with the team it's, I, I think he's very much close to just pulling the blog on it, which is unfortunate. And you don't want to see a team leave the grid. Um, but obviously, if he's not if he's not working for him, it's not working for him, is it? Nope. Mm. Um, the other person I think we should talk about that did not perform very well in that race at all is Sebastian Vettel. And the Ferraris in general, actually. Let's talk about those Ferraris first. Where have they gone? Well, I think they're still in Italy, to be fair, mate. I've not got a clue. I, I genuinely think those Ferraris are probably the fifth fastest car on the grid right now. I'd put them below Racing Point and below McLaren. I think they are the fifth fastest car. They are not there. And to be honest, hats off to Charles Leclerc to be able to drag that thing up to second. Mm-hmm. He did a great job there. To be, he actually did a very good race. I know, obviously, if you look at the podium, you see Leclerc in second. You're like, yeah, that makes sense. But you look at what he's done. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You you look at what he's done. You look at what Leclerc's done. He, he he did very well in that race to get it to second. Leclerc said that yeah. his second felt like a victory. 
Well, which should they, do. How much you have to rest the car. Sorry, did you get that? Yeah, you froze Hello. a little bit there. Sorry, I was going <laughs> to say that um, Leclerc said that his second place felt like a victory, which shows you how much they had to wrestle the car and how yeah, much yeah. he had to deal with and how, how much that pure driving talent kicked in. Because Vettel's back in 10th. He, he literally yeah. secured one point. But yeah. you expect it to go Mercedes, Mercedes, Ferrari, Ferrari, like if we're being honest, then yeah. Red Bull, Red Bull. And then you're lucky if you get like a McLaren or a you know, racing point. Seb literally finished ahead of one driver, and that driver was Nicholas Latifi in his first ever Formula One race. And even Vettel, then, he was looking sketchy. Yeah, you don't, you don't <laughs> yeah. want to. Like, obviously, he had the spin, which set him back a bit, but he still should have improved on on tenth place. He got one point. Like, he's a four-time world champion. You know, he can do better. Why is he making these mistakes? And you know, he's not advertised himself well. No one's going to give him a Ferrari. Have already dropped him. No one else is going to give him a seat next year if he keeps driving like that. Why I feel like he, he just. Sorry, go on, Ruth. Say again, Ruth. No, carry on. I was going to say, why did he shove his nose in against signs? That was the first mistake that he made, and he never recovered yeah. from it. They were mm-hmm. both going around the corner. Signs clearly had the racing line. He had the right to pull into the corner the way he did. And yeah. like I know everyone was saying about Lewis leaving a car's gap, but he didn't have to do that uh, when Vettel was doing it, because Vettel wasn't in an overtaking position. Vettel, so, he was way too far back to make that move, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, Signs was just taking the corner like he normally would. Vettel decided to put his nose in for some reason and then span. Mm. Like, come on. Yeah, I think Science is actually very lucky that he didn't actually make proper contact with him and have a puncture or anything from it because that would have been yeah. Science's race over if it did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Vettel is, he needs to do something. It's just not working for him. And I don't know why. It's, I don't know. I think this is the end for him. I can't see him going anywhere after this season apart from out. Huh? I, think... <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to be able to see. I don't. Yeah. I think he's not, it, he's just enjoying the races now. He's not really doing it from a standpoint of, I want to be another world champion because he's not got the car to do it. He knows he's not got the car to do it. Mm. He very clearly is just just racing. I wouldn't he's say he's not... enjoying the races because he's having like a little, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's throwing a strop every race, essentially. Yeah. That's what he did when mm. he shoved his nose in. He was throwing a strop. He was like, I shouldn't be this far back. I'm going to get forward. And then that's what caused him. You, you can't even argue like, that that spin ruined his race because after that spin, there was like another. I think even I think all the safety cars came after that. So he closed right another, back up to the pack. It was thirty odd laps. It was at least thirty odd laps left. Yeah, and he closed right back up to the pack. He was with the pack. Like any normal four-time world champion would be cutting through that pack. If he had a massive gap, fair enough, because that spin. But he didn't, and he can't use he that was, as an excuse. He was driving like I would expect Latifi to be driving, being the rookie. Yeah, not being a four-time world champion. He was, too, yeah. he was after that like little um, spin. I reckon he's just being too cautious, and that's why we didn't get him so far up because he didn't mm. want to humiliate himself. Essentially, maybe. maybe he's just waiting for the upgrades to come because he knows that he's not got the car at the moment. But when that happens, maybe he'll be able to have the pace and have yeah. have enough to be able to do those moves like he tried to do on science, but he didn't have. Well, so think, maybe that's yeah, why he's hanging back a bit. Yeah, I think Ferrari needs us to hope that this is a circuit-specific issue and that actually come when they go to Hungary in two races' time, they will, they will be much more on it, but I'm not optimistic how did, for them. How did Ferrari do last year at the circuit? They were challenging for the win. Not one um, tournament, like it was Verstappen, so, then yeah, Leclerc. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, 
you look at the times, there was a really interesting stat that came out from qualifying that Ferrari last year did a 103 pretty much exactly, I think, with Leclerc. This year, they did a 103.9. They're nine tenths slower than they were last year. How do you make an engine that's slower? See, Ferrari are nine tenths slower and um, Racing Point are nine tenths faster. Williams are seven tenths faster. Renault are four tenths. McLaren four tenths. Alfa Tauri three tenths. Mercedes three tenths. And then it's just Red Bull uh, um, three hundredths, to be fair. Like, there's, there's not really much in that. But yeah. then it's Hassan six tenths, Ferrari nine tenths. The only one that's beating Ferrari is Alfa Romeo, and that's yeah. over a second. Yeah. It's like, it's like they've, 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 most of the teams, Honda, Renault, Mercedes, have taken a step forward. Ferrari have taken a step backwards. They've got worse. And mm. I don't know, and I'm not going to say anything here, but it might be linked to that kind of illegal engine that they rumoredly had last year that the FIA sort of swept under the carpet. Maybe that engine was only as good as it was because it was illegal, and now they've taken the illegal bits off. It's a bit of a dog. Do you know what I mean? Well, I remember in Q3 last time, Vettel had a issue with this car, didn't he? And he wasn't able to do Q2 or Q3, I'm pretty sure. Mm. So maybe Not... it's just... This, t- yeah, this was time was the first yeah, time that Vettel went out without having an issue. It was just driver fault. Yeah. I remember Crofty yeah. saying that. It was the first time that he didn't make it to Q3 without there being a car issue. It was literally just driver fault. Yeah. Maybe the cars just just aren't able to keep up. They just can't, well, can't Leclerc, compete it? with... Well, yeah, yeah. Leclerc managed to drag it to second somehow, but yeah. I don't know. Ferrari, they need to have something look at it, and obviously it's something we'll touch on in, in the later weeks more because we've only got one race to go off of at the moment. And I do hope yeah. they improve as much as, you know, I don't, um, you know, as much as I'm not a Ferrari fan, it's not nice to see a team like Ferrari dropping that far back. They are, they should be at the front of the grid. They are Ferrari. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it'll be interesting. <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what happens next week when we've got all 20. 20- 20 drivers back on the grid and hopefully all finishing the race because then we can get a real feel for you know how well Leclerc's driving how well Vettel's driving all of these things you know definitely I feel like you can't get true results without majority of the drivers actually driving it's hard to tell what's actually going on when you've got so many non-finishes you could argue that Vettel got a better finish because nine guys didn't finish Oh, definitely. Yeah. He, he would have been out of the points if most of those yeah. guys finished. Yeah. He would. He would have finished fifteenth if he's lucky. Yeah. yeah. I reckon. Yeah, yeah. The only the people that I reckon, genuinely, the only reason uh, the only people that I reckon would have been behind him would have been your two Williams and your two Alphas, and that's how I reckon everyone else would have been past him. He, he, actually, he lost his head. We didn't. I actually think we didn't. We didn't mention this at the top when we were talking about qualifying. Shout out to Russell. He was so he yeah. was like two thousands off getting off into into Q two. Shout out to Russell, he's doing bits in that Williams, you know, and I hope he does do well this season. I really think the Williams looked really really good too yeah. before he went out. I mean, obviously Latifi, it's his rookie season, so you know he did finish eleventh. But I have to say, Russell looked really really good in the Williams, and he looked like he was going uh, driving really well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, Right, the next thing that happened in that race that was after Vettel's spin and all that kind of stuff happened, uh, Kimi's wheel decided it wanted to have its own race. Uh, <laughs> it, it went flying <laughs> off. Can I say, how calm was Kimi on the radio? Imagine your wheel coming off, going at like 100 and something miles an hour and just being like, 
my friend's right has come off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, like... I was going to say, I've been driving on a country road and got a puncher going 30 mile an hour and absolutely shit me pants. You know what I mean? He's going, he's going about like 100 and something and he's like, my wheel, it's gone bye-bye. I need to go. <laughs> he so calmly pulls the car over as well, like really safely to the side, which is crazy. Like he didn't even have all of his wheels. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, like indicating and everything to be as safe as possible. <laughs> but his hat is lights on. Yeah. He's got that triangle out of his boot by his spare wheel and put it down so that everyone can see him. <laughs> well, that was what brought out the last safety car and the safety car that then caused the, the, the highlight of the race, I think, for many people. Um, it was because it was interesting when the safety car first came out. Uh, Albon gave Perez back a position because he thought Perez was ahead when the safety car came on. That was undecided yeah. that actually it was the other way around. Red Bull made the decision to switch um, Albon back with Perez to be behind Hamilton. I don't know why I'm waving at you like you can see me because you can't. But <laughs> like, to, to jump in there, uh, the in, a little interesting thing before that was the Lando, Norris and Perez. Um, was it Perez? I think it was Perez. The, the pit bump. release. The pit mm. release. Oh, the pit release. That yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was very interesting. Yeah, so that was very interesting. And then the fact that um, Perez tried to steal that space back, even though he knew he lost it. And then um, the uh, F1 control people, uh, my brain's going numb. The F1 control people didn't tell um, Racing Point that they were giving Albon that thing back. So you could hear Perez going, what's going on? Why is he on the jumping? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, very interesting. Um, and obviously that that was eventually that put Hamilton and Albon next to each other for the restart. Interestingly, Mercedes decided not to repit Hamilton and Bottas. And I, I think that was a very weird decision. They could have put him in on the softs. They'd have been fine. <laughs> bless you. But yeah, I think as soon as Red Bull pitted uh, Albon onto those softs, he was just way ahead. He was going straight mm. for that that win. And he definitely could have done it. Those Mercedes were, were gone on those medium tyres and you saw how much pace he had straight after the restart of the second safety car. He was all over the back of Hamilton. And then yep. they came to the corner, turn four. Um, Albon had the newer, fresher, grippier softs. The mediums were old and, and that. Um, should it have been a win for Albon? Should he have, have, have got round, round Hamilton there, do you think? Do you think Hamilton should have given him a bit more room? Let me find the message that I sent to you when, um, when it happened. Because I think it was just, wait, where's it at? Hold on, bear with, 30 seconds, 29 seconds, 28 seconds, still can't find it. It was very controversial, wasn't it? There was a lot of mixed opinions as to whether Hamilton shouldn't have been penalised for it and it was just a racing incident or whether, or whether he should have been penalised for it because it wasn't a racing incident. I think... It was very clear to me, at least, that Albon definitely had to jump on him going around that corner. And Hamilton, I don't know, maybe he was just trying to defend his position. It was probably completely accidental, but, I mean, it, it caused Albon to to lose his race, really. So, Well, my, my message exchange with Tom was, mate, dot, 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 dot. Hopefully Lando gets to the podium now, kissy face. And then Lewis is a prick. Yeah, I think for Lewis, I think going into that corner, he was the problem with turn four is it's so long. There's not really an entry or an exit. It's kind of just mm. one big corner. 
and going into the corner, Hamilton was ahead, but very quickly Albon was ahead. He had the grip. He could go around the outside more on those soft mm-hmm. tires. And I think that that was happening. And Albon was on the outside. He was as far. Albon couldn't have done anything more in that situation. I think Albon is definitely not to blame. He was making a very good move there. Whether it's a racing incident or not, maybe is up for discussion. But Hamilton, I think, could very easily have lifted off a bit, pulled back, and then got in a bit tighter on that corner. Um, we see, we saw other drivers do that in that race, and you know the six-time world champion didn't. I think that says a lot mm-hmm. about Hamilton, and maybe the fact if he, he, he the reason he is a six-time world champion is because he doesn't lift off. But yeah, should he have done that? You know, it is it is a very controversial question. Um, personally, I think Hamilton deserved the penalty. I think it definitely he should have lifted off. He should have given Albon the position. He could have fought back. There's three DRS, you know, zones on that track. Albon deserved at least a podium. Deserved at least third in this race. His first podium in Formula One. He should have got it, but uh, it wasn't to be, was it? Not at all. Um, another quick little thing about the race as well. Um, Crofty, he was on form until he saw an orange car and then he just kept calling the orange car signs even though it was Norris. <laughs> Norris was pulling off amazing moves to get past Perez but he's like, signs and Perez, signs and Perez are battling. I'm like, no they're not Crofty it is definitely Lando and you're doing my heading because this is really exciting but I can't stop thinking that it's Lando. <laughs> Let's talk about that actually because there was a little bit of a battle between Lando and Sainz and I think Lando mm. properly showed look mate, I know last year I may have been the rookie. You were the man that had this team, you know, in in your hands. This year, I'm not letting you push me around. Lando's attitude was very much like, well, you're fucking off at the end of the season, so I'm not giving you anything. Which is, like, as as pally-pally as they are, which they still are, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they haven't just fallen out. But uh, Lando's like, look, I need to show that I can actually race. And when he squeezed Sainz off the track, well, not squeezed him off, but you know what I mean? Like, when he made Sainz go too wide and essentially go off the track, that that was just Lando being like, this is my team now, yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And Lando's in that position as well, where he's got to start dominating, coming in with the well, not the podiums, but the high positions, because he's got Daniel Ricciardo as his teammate next year. Yeah, and Lando and think, doesn't want to get overlooked by Ricciardo. I think Dan, uh, uh, Lando even is really going to have to prove to Daniel. You know, Lando's going to say, look, this is my team. I've been here since I was 16 years old. You know, this is where I've grown up. I came through F2 with them. I came through F1 into F1 with them. This is my team. I rule this 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 uh, this team, and that's why he got because very easily Ricardo's a race winner. He's a much more experienced teammate. He's going to come into that team and kind of take take the, uh, the the reins of it, if you will. But Lando can't let that happen, and I think he knows that. No, no one has to tell him that. Lando's attitude needs to be: This is my house. You're just renting a room from me. That yeah, needs yeah. to be Lando's attitude when uh, yeah, yeah. when Ricardo comes, and hopefully it is that attitude. And hopefully we see, as much as I'm a fan of Ricardo, hopefully we see Lando just dominating Ricardo. Well, I think yeah, Lando definitely was my driver of the weekend this weekend. He did absolute bits. He was on it in qualifying. He was on it all race long. Let's talk about that last lap actually from Lando. <laughs> Interestingly, he said in the interview with Sky afterwards, he didn't even know Lewis had a penalty. No. McLaren just got on the radio and said, "Just do. It. I think we got a fastest lab in the bag, mate. Go for it." He absolutely bombed it, and then at the end said, "Yeah, you're within five seconds of Hamilton, and he's got a penalty. You're in P3, mate." 
And so wow. I, had it, I had it on the TV, obviously, massive McLaren fan, as you can tell. I had it on the TV, had Lando's like um, score and timing and stuff up on my phone while watching it on the TV. I was like, he set a purple sector one. He set a purple mm-hmm. sector two. Oh, my word, he's going to do it. And then like when Crofty was like, get your calculators out because this will be close. I was like, in my head, I was like, well, there's three tenths there and two tenths there. And then he's minus one tenth. And I think he's done it. When it came up with the graphic, as he was coming through the final sector, it was like, counted down, it was like 5.1, five 5.0, 4.9, 4.8. I think it finished on 4.7, and then that's when yeah. I just started going berserk. And then yeah, yeah. I, I went berserk, stopped, and then I heard Crofty go, Lando's got his podium! And I was like, yeah! <laughs> when, uh, when he's on the cooldown lap, McLaren released the, the team radio, and they have to say to him, Remember to stay out. Don't come into the pits. Go out to the pit. Go out to the start finish track. You're on the podium. Like he's so used well, to coming straight in the pits. What's quite funny about that as well is that Bottas just just and so touches the one, gets his car just and so to it. <laughs> Obviously, Lando, he, he just drives straight through it, wipes it out. He's like, sorry, mate. <laughs> you know, not used uh, to doing this. Was definitely a very very good race, and and uh, definitely a way I'm excited to start the season, and I hope it continues like this. Um, I'm very interested to see what happens next week and we'll, we'll get onto that in a minute um, talking about next week and, and what we think might happen with that uh, but first I want to ask you guys if you can just give me a quick um, driver of the weekend who are you saying? I'm saying Norris 100% It's got to be Lando as a McLaren fan it's got to be Lando really? <laughs> um, I don't know my driver of the weekend would probably be Leclerc, Leclerc. I, think he did re- I think he did really well to get his car on the podium at all so I think I think that's very fair I think to be fair that everyone on that podium deserved to be there Bartas put yeah. in a great race and yep. a great qualifying Leclerc dragged that thing from God knows where to get there and obviously Lando we don't need to talk for Lando we've already said enough just real quick, love people... I'm, I'm sick of the F1 fans voting for people who you think has been slightly hard done by for driver of the day because I noticed that Albon won driver of the day to be honest I think if Albon hadn't have crashed out he would have deserved it yeah, but that, that's the thing that we didn't end up finishing the race. Well, I, I, I understand. I understand that he's going to be upset. I understand that you want to give him a little big up. But then when you've got someone like Norris, who's just come through and got his first ever podium, yeah, he kind of deserves it a little bit more. At the same time, though, you don't know when that driver of the day award was voted for. It could have been when he was still in the race. I At think. Which point I think he was driver of the day. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think another thing as well about the driver of the day is that. It was so split between so many people. Albon actually only had 15% of the votes yeah. for driver of the day, and, yeah. and that's what gave it to him. So everyone was really undecided about who should be driver of the day on that race, and I think ah. a lot of people deserved it too. What do we think, just like a little discussion point, what do we think of if they made driver of the day a point? So like, like the fastest lap, you now get a point. Would that make drivers be a little bit more risky? You see more maneuvers and more like yeah. to try and get the to try and get the driver of the day because you want to entertain people to get a broken <laughs> driver of the day, essentially. Yeah, I think the only the only issue with that would be that you would get fans from certain teams who would sometimes vote for people like Albon would only vote for their favorite person on that team. True. And I think that could be, be a lot of bias. Could be really hard because you can't get rid of the bias from from fans who are dedicated to one person. You know. Well, if it happens, I reckon the whole of Britain will come together and give George Russell eight points. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. So. That's <laughs> so. 
Um, well, yeah, right, so next week ends. Yeah. Next weekend, we're back in Austria. Very exciting. It's not sorry, Austria, Styria for the Styrian GP. Uh, mm-hmm. They're not calling it the Austrian GP two. Um, that's too confusing. That's too confusing. So what's <laughs> what? What do we think is going to happen? They've got all the data from this weekend, and I reckon that's going to mm-hmm. make a big difference next weekend. What are we thinking for the results? You read I reckon. First. I reckon that um, Mercedes will still have a like a little like like a, a little lingering fault going on. I reckon there will still be something not one hundred percent with the car, and they'll realise it during the race. Like all the other Mercedes units were kind of breaking and stuff during the race as well. Like we didn't really talk about that much, but mm. the Mercedes power units weren't the best this this race. Mm. Um, and I reckon that the two actual Mercedes will have some kind of problem potentially. However, I can see it finishing uh, either Verstappen or Albon or Albon Verstappen one two. I think it's going to be a Red Bull one two, and I reckon you're going to have Leclerc proper. I I even think it's going to be. A Mercedes or Charles Leclerc in, okay. in that third position. I genuinely do think though it's going to be a Red Bull one-two. I don't think that um, I don't think that McLaren are going to have the dizzying heights of this last race. I reckon we'll be lucky to get seventh. So you think you think Red Bull are going to come back for redemption next weekend? Hundred percent, one hundred percent. Red Bull looked like they were going to take the race anyways. One hundred percent. What do you think about pole position? Who's going to get pole? I still reckon that'll be Lewis or Bottas. Okay, Ruth. I think we're gonna have Bottas first, Verstappen, Albon, and then I think Norris is going to be challenging for third still. Where's Lewis gonna? I really think he will be. I I think Lewis isn't gonna finish. I think he's gonna have a DNF. Oh, interesting. Okay, okay. Get down to the bookies. I Um, think he's really gonna be. I think he's really gonna be pushing himself and making a lot of mistakes and I think that's going to cost him a lot. Uh, Maybe it costs him the whole race. Who do you think for pole? Bottas. You think Bottas for pole? I think Bottas. I think my top three, I'm going to say, I think Verstappen is going to be wanting to come back with a vengeance. He's going to want that win. You know, he's had it for the past three years. He's not going to want to miss it again here. Um, Mm -hmm. Second place, I reckon Hamilton. Third place, Bottas. That's my (laughs) Bless I reckon again. they should. I reckon they should do. Um, I reckon they should still stay on the alter, alternate strategy, though. I reckon mm. they should put they should put Verstappen on the right. Come on, you can beat Lewis and uh, Bottas on this strategy, and yeah. Albon on the look. When they start to have a little bit of an issue, or when something happens, you're coming into the pits. You're shoving the softs on, and you're gonna you're gonna win the race, mate. I think the thing that will be interesting next week is that no one's gonna have a strategic advantage. They've already run the race. They know what tires can go where. They know how long they can go on those tires. They yeah, know that the, the strategic little, advantage isn't there. Yeah. They know that the curbs are proper being little bitches. They know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. They don't yeah, stay off the curbs as much. Yeah. So. It'll be a very interesting race, and of course, we will be back again to review it next week. But I think for now. That is the end of the F1 Review podcast for this week. Season one, episode three, the first race of the season. Four months after the last episode, we finally got round to the start of we F1. We finally made an F1 podcast that is at the start of a season. Yeah. I never thought it was going to happen. It was never going to happen. I thought we were just going to have to talk about car designs for the next six months. It feels like I mean, we, did, we didn't mention that this episode. We didn't mention that this episode, that, yeah. you know, the... Uh, you know, the uh, Mercedes Black Lives Matter thing, um, the car yeah. being black, it looked very nice. Why? It does look very nice. Mm-hmm. Really as well. It looks very nice. Yep. 
Well, we but can anyways, touch on that more <laughs> next week. So uh, I've been Tom. Uh, I've, I've been Reese. I've been Reese as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you very much for watching this episode of the F1 Review. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.